Wow, don't you just love that music? It reminds me of Law and Order, just less law and less order. Well, welcome to the O Shift for Teens podcast, a show where each week I team up with a topic expert and we discuss a new question that will help you better understand your teen or the teens you work with. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co-author of O Shift for Teens, as well as the O Shift for Teens curriculum and the O Shift for Teens workshop kit, which is being used by facilitators everywhere. Head to OShift.com and join the growing movement of shift heads all across the world. Now, being a parent, man, is it's like daily a new thing gets thrown at you. The other day, my 13-year-old told me, that he wanted to go to Seattle, which is about three hours away, on a school night and watch a Kanye concert. Wow. Um, As he's saying this, my mind is just like trying to keep up with all the potential issues with that one. Um, But at the same time, I'm not wanting to dismiss it out of hand because, quite honestly, I've got a responsible 13-year-old. So it's this, it's this mix of wanting to show trust at the same time being terrified that my little boy is going out in the, the, the jaws of the lion. You know what I mean? And so um, parenting is like that, being a teen, uh, a parent of a teen or working with teens Every time we see them, there's something new. It's, it's just constantly changing. So how do we navigate all of that? Last week, had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Osset. He had a differing approach on a couple of things that I've been using. And so great for me to be able to sort of incorporate these different topic experts' advice into my own parenting. I get to do this like right now in real time, and I know that you do too. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have Sharon Byrne on the show. Uh, Sharon is a life coach. She is also in New York, as was Dr. Osset. And she's going to help us um, talk about uh, or help our understanding about kids with ADHD and other uh, underdiagnosed issues. Uh, Great conversation that we had just a little bit ago. I know that you're going to love hearing from her. We also um, get the opportunity to find out what we can do uh, for those many kids, as it turns out, who are uh, sort of suffering with these underdiagnosed disorders. So stay tuned. We're going to talk to Sharon Byrne in just a moment. My guest today is Sharon Byrne. Sharon has a company called Possibilities Are Infinite, where she helps parents and children with hidden diagnoses and disabilities such as ADHD, ODD, OCD, and others. She runs a parenting practices teleclass, and she just happens to be starting a podcast of her own meant to serve the clients she works with. Sharon is also one of our licensed OSHA facilitators. In fact, she was among the very first of our facilitators when the program came out a couple of years ago, and she's been tearing it up ever since. Sharon Byrne, how are you doing? I'm great, Mark. How are you? So nice to talk to you. Um, You you know, Sharon, you are our second guest out of three that is from New York. Wow, that is so cool. Don't you feel that? I feel like you're a little overrepresented, don't you think? Nah, (laughs) you can never overrepresent New York. (laughs) I figure we got to get some East Coasters because you guys tell it like it is. Oh, we definitely tell it like it is. But I like to think that we have compassion mixed in there, too. That's true. That's true. And a little bit of empathy. 
I figure I figure if I get out of line, you'll be sure to tell me off. Like you know, Jen Jen Powers is from the East Coast, and she has no problem telling me when I'm wrong. I hear you. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 will, I will do it respectfully, but I I'm, I pretty much tell it like it is. But I'm, I want to thank you for um, inviting me to be on. I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, I, I can't even express it more. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Now, listen, um, Jennifer Powers, who is the the uh, I call her the matriarch of the O shift movement. Uh, she's the one that she's the one that initially introduced me and not just to you, but um, to what you have going on with advice for parents. And uh, she's like this Sharon Byrne. She knows what she's talking about. And so she kind of put me on put you on my radar. And I thought, uh, you would be a great guest to have on the show. I approached you for it. You uh, so graciously uh, agreed to be on the show. So thank you very much for that. Oh, like I said, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So. Now, now, Sharon, um, when I so what I do is I send out a list of possible questions that we can uh, talk about. And when I did that, I sent this to Sharon, and um, you picked, how do we help teens with ADHD? Now, I know that this is a topic that you know a lot about. i got to admit, I don't know a lot about that. And when you sent me your bio, you said not just ADHD, but you said ODD, OCD. What, now, what, what, are, what are all these acronyms? What, what, what do they have to do with, and, and why should that be on our radar as people that are working with teens? Um, well, O. OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. And um, for teens that have that diagnosis, they become very ritualistic in their actions. Like for some, it's hand washing. For some, it's counting steps. And the obsessive part is if they're not um, wrapped up in doing an activity or a compulsion, they're obsessed with their thoughts. Um, it could be a body image. It could be I stink. Um, ODD is oppositional defiance disorder, and that is when a teen or a young person, um, they're, they can't help but be explosive in their reactions. And okay. They're very, they're very defiant. Um, exactly what it says. They, they, they really, they, they don't do well with authority, um, and things of that nature. Um, they feel like they're being targeted a lot of the time, so they're, their responses to come across as anything anti-authority, basically. I see, I um, see. So, Sharon, what what would be uh, what would be the reason that somebody might be have ADHD or some of these other diagnoses? I mean, for, for for the rest of us out there, is it important if I'm working with teens for me to be aware of this, or is it something that I just leave for somebody else to deal with? No, it's very important. Um, for us to be aware of it and the reason that it's important for you to be aware to go back to kind of tie in your other question from a minute ago is why should you be um, aware of these other diagnoses is very often with ADHD um, uh, teens and kids can have OCD or ODD along with it right um, so they can they, they can be duly diagnosed and a lot of them can have anxiety but the reason it's important is because a lot of our teens are misunderstood. Look, teens are difficult, all right? And yeah. if, you, if, you have a, if you have a hidden diagnosis, it just adds an extra element to dealing with you, for lack of a better way to say it, and, yeah. and the, way, the way that they need to be approached. And often, these kids are misunderstood, and mis they're labeled as, um, you know, 
behavior issues or lazy or not caring or mm. not respectful. And they're not, they're not bad. They have a medical diagnosis. Look, the first thing I want to say to everybody out there is kids are kids, teens are teens. So some of what they're going to do is just in response to their developmental age. Okay, right. And being a right. teenager. Just being but obnoxious. Exactly. Yeah. The diagnosis adds an extra element to it. And unfortunately, what people can't see, they don't understand or they dismiss. Right. Okay. And so these hidden diagnoses are very misunderstood. So these kids are, these teens are very misunderstood on top of just being a teen and being feeling misunderstood. And the right. parents of these teens are often told that they're not, um, you know, they're not involved enough or they're not creating enough consequences or the kids are spoiled. And trust me when I tell you that from my work, I can tell you that is not the case. <laughs> um, the kids don't want to be this way. They didn't choose to be this way. Right. So if you put, if you put these kids in a room and you said, you can choose whatever, you can choose ADHD or OCD, they're not going to choose it. Sure, sure. It's, yeah. Well, so, okay, so so question here is, here I am, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who works with teens, or I'm a parent of a teen, and I, this hasn't even been on my radar, and I've got this kid who is obnoxious in ways that maybe uh, seem a little bit different. What, what, is it, what is it that I'm looking for with these kids, and um, wh where do I go? I mean, what do I do about it? I mean, I, I, don't want to embarrass, I don't want to embarrass the kid, but it's like, oh, my God, maybe, maybe he's got one of these issues. Absolutely. And what you look for is, is there behavior or is there lack of attention, or not lack of, is there distractibility and their inability to focus or their impulsivity interfering with their daily functioning? Right. Okay. That's pretty, that's, that's the bottom line right there. Is it interfering with the kid's education? Is it interfering with their ability to make social connections and, and hold on to friends and um, are they making very impulsive, look, all teens can be impulsive, but are they making chronic impulsive decisions where they're putting themselves in danger or they're putting other people in danger or they're just not doing their schoolwork, whatever. Right. Um, and that's why I said it comes across as they don't care or they're lazy, but the truth is they're frustrated. So what you're looking for is how much does it affect their, their daily functioning in school, at home, in social situations because it affects all of the above. Okay, so I don't so I don't just automatically assume that this is ninety percent of my kids. Um, how many? I mean, what what percentage of my kids? I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but how many of my class of thirty kids might be in this situation? Honestly, to some degree, it could be, and it doesn't have to be ADHD. It could be any one of the hidden um, diagnoses. Okay. It's it's been said that um you know it could be as much as eighty percent of a class has some di you know if you're if did you, you did you just did you say eighty percent yeah oh my it's goodness not yeah it's not it's it, that's what I'm saying it's there are a lot of hidden diagnoses out there and what happens is some of them mimic each other you know what I'm saying it can take a while but yeah it is it 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 could and it could be something it could be mild. It could yeah. be mild, it could be moderate, it could be severe. The thing is, is it affecting their functioning? You know, and is it affecting your functioning as a family unit if you're right. at home? 
when you when you said eighty percent, I just sort of uh, it sort of just expanded my mind about this conversation. I, I, I really I was thinking, oh gosh, that's maybe one in six, one in seven, eighty wow. percent. So so what are we dealing with here? Are are, are you literally uh, suggesting that we get all of these kids um, tested for this? No, you're not going to get every kid that you know is the class clown or the you know or academically in the lower end of the class tested. Okay. But what you are going to what you are going to do is be aware that it is a possibility. And it and if it is if they are really let's let's go from the academic end first. If they're really struggling academically, um, if they're if they seem like they're distracted, you know, easily distractible. If they if they have really strong perfectionist tendencies, um, and they can't let go of something, they can't let go of a thought. They can't. Yeah. Like a lot of the kids I work with, a lot of the teens I work with, literally, they will if their penmanship is not perfect in their mind, they will erase it twelve times. You know, if they're not getting the answer to a math problem fast enough in their own mind, they will sit there and they won't move on. You're saying that if it's if it's having a major impact on their ability to move forward, that's that's when you move forward. If it's having a major impact on their daily functioning and their ability to move forward, that's when you have to go and dig a little deeper. And honestly, you may find out that it's not a diagnosis. It may just be a personality trait that needs to be worked with. What's misunderstood though is there are a lot more kids that have some level of something. Um, then they realize, then people realize, and part of the reason for that is because I can't tell you how many times I have heard this as a professional and, and the parents I work with have heard this, but he's so bright, but she's so bright. Right. Okay. Let me tell you that these hidden diagno- uh, diagnoses, disabilities, whatever words you want to use, have nothing to do with intelligence. Okay? Yeah. Some of the brightest, some of the most famous, brightest people have had dyslexia, uh, ADHD, OCD, it, it has nothing to do with intelligence. Here, here I am in the situation where I've got a kid or I've got a classroom of kids or if I'm working with it, whatever group that is that I'm working mm-hmm. with. And I know that there's this possibility. I also know there's other possibilities too. And as a teacher, I can remember just having kids who just weren't getting enough attention at home, you know, and so they mm-hmm. were reacting and acting and I knew that it wasn't an intelligence thing if it was just a matter of that well they would be just fine and so we've got a variety of issues that are keeping kids would you say that one of the reasons that um, it's helpful for us to be sort of aware of the potential for what you're talking about or what I'm talking about which is you know just neglect just creates a, a level of understanding for us as workers Absolutely. Our parents. It creates, a, it, it creates an understanding for you as the professionals that are working with the team, and it, and it creates a level of understanding for the parents who are frustrated because all they're hearing is how they really stink as parents, and they're not giving their kids enough consequences, and they're not involved enough, or, you know, and, and, and you know, you get into the blame game. And right. it really isn't about blame. Um, look, this is why I said that, these kids are first and foremost the kids. So not right. everything they get, not everything, not every behavior they do is going to be related to their diagnosis. Okay, I'll be the sure. first professional to tell you that. Kids are kids. However, when these kids have a hidden diagnosis, they 
their behaviors can come across as regular developmental behaviors, but there's a different aspect to it. In other words, there's another level to it. So yeah. what you're doing when you're when you're when you're digging deeper to see if there is a di- an underlying diagnosis, you're leveling the playing field for these kids. Well, let me ask you you're this, leveling- Sharon. Let, let me ask you this, because this is what you do. Now we're talking about what you do, and this is helping these kids uh, become aware, or helping the parents or whoever it is that's working with them become aware mm-hmm. of of these hidden diagnosis, what you call it. Mm-hmm. What, what do you find that happens when that is uncovered, when a kid and a parent of the kid or whoever finds out that these kids, that that's what's really going on? I, I, first of all, I would imagine that it's a big, like, oh, my God, I, that really clears things up. But, but what, else, what else happens for that kid and, and for that situation? Well, besides feeling like you have the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders, um, and you have an look, the hardest thing to deal with is the unknown. So now you have a known, okay? Yeah. So now what happens is your your kid is learn your teen learns to understand themselves, learns to understand ways to help themselves, and the parents have a better angle for how to help their kids and to, you know their teens. And everybody feels a lot better because the blame is taken away. Right. It's just like, it's just like having a diagnosis of, um, you know, diabetes. If you, if you find out you have diabetes, you're given insulin or you're given a pill to regulate your blood sugar. Well, I know that not everybody is a proponent of, you know, agrees with the idea of medication to help, but there are medications that can be used to help, um, moderate the, um, behaviors and the symptoms, for lack of a better word, of ADHD. What what the medication does is it allows them to have enough control so that the other things you put in place, the other strategies you put in place to help them learn how to navigate the academic world or navigate the social world or control the, or think before they act, it allows that to happen. Yeah. Because it, you know, it. What people don't realize is that these are really, this, this, this ADHD is neurologically based. If you take, there has been research where they have taken children with ADHD and done MRIs. And if you take a child without ADHD and you do the same MRI, their brain scans will be different. Based, it's based, it's, it's a, it's a neurologically based situation. And, and depending on where in the brain or where the brain is most effective, that will determine which, which ADHD you, you have. A really important uh, point, and it's something that came up a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to Morgan Rich. It's like these kids don't want to be in that situation. I'm a, I'm, I know that you are, and I'm also a big believer in information. If we have information, especially about motivations and, and things like that, mm-hmm. it creates so much freedom. An example is when my son was little and he was just a little guy and we were trying to get out the door to school and he uh-huh. was, I was like, every step was like dragging him through mud. Like, dude, tie yeah. your shoe. Like, oh, why you just put your shoe on? Tie it. And um, so I, I had this huge frustration with him who seemed to be resisting me. Once I found out that developmentally, he didn't have that part of his brain formed where those steps were concrete. And so Absolutely. once I once I learned that information, what it did was it took all away that frustration. And I realized 
okay, you just got to step by step with him. Eventually that'll change, but it's not some sort of resistance to me. And I could see that being the case Mm -hmm. for a lot of these kids. It's like the frustration that parents or workers are feeling with these kids. It gets washed away when you realize, yeah. Yeah. But they're also feeling it about themselves. Like you said, they don't want to be like this. Right. They would love for everything to be easy for them. You know, they would love to just be able to get up and not, because with ADHD, (laughs) it works in reverse. If they find something they like, and I'll use my son as an example, because my son is a, my son actually has AD, is diagnosed with ADHD and a severe anxiety disorder. Okay? And yeah. what happens is he, he's a video game fanatic. Okay? Yeah. So getting him to pull away from a video game is one of the hardest things that you could... Now, he's 12, so he's getting better at it. But when yeah. he's younger, um, oh, my God. Okay? But the reason is, and this has been explained to me by other professionals that have worked with him, ADHD works in reverse. When they find something they like, they can't put it down. Same thing happens with me me and a bag of Cheetos. It's tough to there tough to get go. that out of my hand. Let me ask you th- let me ask you this, Sharon. Um because I I feel like if we got off the, if we if we ended this interview and we hadn't addressed this, it would be like, well, that didn't really help me. So now now you've told me uh some some very helpful information. Now in my mind I'm working with this group of kids and I'm like, "Oh my god, this that really helps me think about Jesse or whoever this is." Mm-hmm. Um and what what do I do now? I mean, I'm just out here. I'm Joe Schmo. I'm in I'm in Indianapolis or I'm I'm in uh, uh, Tallahassee, wherever I'm at. What do I do? I mean, how do I how do I take it to the next step because I've got this kid who I really believe needs it. Mm-hmm. What you do is you get yourself, well, if you're a teacher, um, if you're an educator, you can get the school psychologist involved, and you can let the school psychologist observe. You also need to talk to the parents, um, and you can get the, the parents on board with getting the school psychologist to evaluate um, this, you know, the student, and oftentimes that's free. But a lot of times I've seen kids be misdiagnosed by school psychologists, and this is not, you know, I'm not pinning it on a profession. Sure, There's a lot of, of school psychologists that are excellent. What I am saying is it is always good to get a second opinion. Okay. What you also want to do is you can go to a neurologist because they also diagnose um, or a psychiatrist. What if I'm, um, so so I, I'm, a, I, I'm a person that's working with, and a lot of our listeners, quite frankly, um, there's many of our listeners who uh, work with um, at-risk kids. Sometimes they're uh, mm-hmm. low-income areas. What about them? What if I'm working in, in a boys and girls club or the uh, YMCA and I've got this group of kids? Um, wh- where do I go then? And, I, and neurologist maybe isn't necessarily something I can, I can do. No, I know. Well, that's where people like myself come in. Um, again, for, for your for the child to be able to get services through school, they're, which they will need, okay, if they're school age, if they're teen, if, yeah. they, if they're given this diagnosis, they will need it. So you will need to work with, you know, medical professionals in terms of if there's going to be medication involved, only a doctor, psychiatrist or pediatrician sure. can, can prescribe the medication legally. But okay. what I do, I, you know, I'm a parenting expert. I'm a life coach. Um, and so you can work with a life coach. Um, and you can get some information, and hopefully, if the if the life coach is worth their weight in salt, they'll have a bunch of resources that you can go to um, 
you know, different professionals that they work with or that they've had other clients work with where they can connect you. And then you can continue to work with the life coach once the diagnosis of whatever the disability, you know, whatever the diagnosis is, you can yeah. continue to work with the life coach to set up goals right. and have and, and strategies for meeting those goals. See, the difference between working with a life coach and working with a psychiatrist, you know, psychiatrist or psychologist is many times, and it's needed sometimes, but many times those professions, they focus on why a behavior is happening right. and what in, your, what in your past happened. As a yeah. life coach, we don't, we don't go there that much. We say, how is this behavior impacting your life? What is the goal? What do you, where do you want to get? Or as a parent, where do you want to see your child get? Or yeah. your teen, where do you want to get? And we work with where you, where you are to where you want to get, and we figure out how to help you get there. Yeah, it really is about empowerment, isn't it? It's about uh, helping people break through roadblocks. Well, you know, and, and so, so it sounds like for our listeners, I mean, obviously the first step is, I mean, school has resources, a certain amount of resources. And of course, that varies from district to district, but resources Absolutely. where you can find uh, the school psychologist. Definitely start there, even if you're a, a person who works in, in a, a setting like, like I said before, Boys and Girls Club. Probably wouldn't hurt to start with the parent. And any study, start with the parent. Because with any of these diagnoses, I, I don't want this to end without saying this, with any of these diagnoses, they really look to see if the behaviors are happening at home and in school or yeah. end in other social situations. Yeah. If they're happening across the board in all situations, that's also when you start to think of a diagnosis and not just a behavior that is developmental and they need to outgrow it. You know what I mean? Right, they need to right. That. So that's, that's important to know. That's why a lot of these, um, a lot of these diagnoses aren't made till a child is in, you know, school. Well, of right. school age, I should say. And that's why right. some kids aren't diagnosed till they're in their teens. People don't recognize it or they don't, either they don't recognize it or they don't want to recognize it or it's never been brought to their attention or as the demands of life in school become more, that's yeah. when they start to struggle a little bit more. So that's when it's, that's when a light bulb goes on, that yes. it may be something deeper. You need to be, the, the one thing too is you need to be, if you're a parent, you need to be kind to yourself and you also need to be kind to your kid. I, I really think what you're talking about is going to really be a, an eye opener for so many, not only parents, but people that are working with youth. Um, obviously, starting with the school psychologist is a great direction, but knowing that there's uh, people like yourself out there um, that can help with, not, you know, sort of breaking through and not going necessarily the psychologist route. Tell us where we can find out more about you. If somebody wants to contact you, how do they do that? Well, my website is www.possibilitiesareinfinite, it's the name of my company, .com, and it's all one word, just the letter R. Um, my email is Sharon at possibilitiesareinfinite, and you can also find me on Facebook or Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Sharon Bur Sharon Talba Byrne. Um, okay. But you can look me up. You can look me up the company wise too. You can do a search. And on Facebook, I have um, Possibilities Are Infinite Facebook page, and I have a positive. I have a parenting group under the same name. So you can find me pretty much anywhere. To all the listeners out there, just be kind to yourself. Um, and if you get a no, keep going. Keep going until somebody listens. That's my biggest, that's the last piece of advice I want to leave you with for today because people are going to 
say no to you all the time because they're not going to get it. If you're a parent, just keep going until somebody finally listens and says yes. I love it. Thank you, Sharon. Awesome. And I will, uh, I'm sure, talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you, too, Mark. Okay, bye-bye. That, of course, was life coach Sharon Byrne. Man, I tell you, each week I'm learning new things that are helping me to become a better teen advocate. I hope that you're having the same experience. I think you are. Each week we'll have something super interesting to find out and to help you navigate uh, being a parent of a teen or helping the teens that you work with. Now, listen, if you if you think you're a hot shot and a t- topic expert, a thought leader, and you might want to uh, join me on the show, well, you're going to need to send me an email and let me know that at uh, mark at oshift.com. Uh, let me know, and uh, we I'd love to have you on the show. We're going to have a lot of shows, and we want to make sure that uh, it's not dead air each week. So that's going to happen. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to become a facilitator of the life-changing content of O-Shift, we've done all the work for you. You can go over to oshift.com. Click the tab that says Become a Licensed Facilitator, and um, all the details are there. If you read and you are still have questions, you can email me at marketoshift.com and ask me. Uh, we try to uh, be there for you. We are uh, here to support the work that you do. That's really all that we, that's all that I do. It's really about supporting the work that you do with teens. That, that's my job description. It's to support the work that you do with the teens that you work with or your own teens. And everything that I do is in that regard. So head over there, find out how you could be a licensed facilitator, join the thousands across the country and world who already are doing that. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I look forward to seeing you next week.